Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host. And uh, as usual, we have a, a pretty packed show. Today we're going to be joined by Chris Frame. He's going to be talking all things maritime history and, uh, of course, bringing cruise news for the week. And uh, later in the show, uh, Pete, again, can't join us this week, I'm afraid. But we have got a special guest in the form of the uh, Director of Sales and Marketing for a new cruise brand, Tradewind Voyages who will be bringing their beautiful Golden Horizon to the shores of Australia, um, initially uh, launching in the UK and then repositioning down to Australia as part of the uh, the, the global deployment for that brand. And we'll find out more about that uh, towards the second half of today's show. Now, Maritime History Today was brought to us by a listener question. Just a reminder, if you do have a question, or you want to uh, review a cruise, you can do so via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com, and uh, click on Join the Show. Uh, new for this week, and I want you to you guys to be uh, the first to hear this, um, we've learned a merch store. That's uh, something that's been asked for by a couple of people. Uh, in particular, my wife has been pushing me to do it too. Um, so we now have a t-shirt store where you can not only buy Big Cruise Podcast merchandise, we also have some cruise-related um, Christmas t-shirts that are available. Um, but you can also design your own. So if you're going on a family reunion on a cruise ship and you want to design some similar T-shirts for everybody to wear, um, that is, of course, normally quite popular, um, you can do so um, via the website. Now, there is a link in today's show notes. There is also a link via the website, The Big Cruise Podcast. But it's very easy, very simple to set up. And most importantly, we've chosen to partner with a very ethical company. They grow all of their cotton organically in a particular place in India. The T-shirts are made using sustainable um, techniques. The uh, factories where they print the T-shirts are all powered by green technology. And most importantly, there is zero plastic packaging anywhere in the whole process. So uh, doing the right thing to make sure um, that uh, clothing is sustainable for for the future as well and uh, helping you to look 
fashionable on your next cruise or when you're thinking about your next cruise. Once again, all the links are in the show notes and also in the uh, in the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. But for now, let's jump straight into today's show. And it's Friday, so it can only mean one thing, and of course, that is the the start of the podcast. And today, Chris Frame is back in the studio. Hey, Chris. Hey, Barry. Another Friday. Another Friday, another podcast. It's been a, another crazy week in cruise. But before mm. we get into the cruise news, we had a listener question, which kind of sparked um, some thoughts around maritime history. Okay. Uh, George and Durban sent in a question around the movie The Titanic. So George's question was, the movie Titanic made 1900s travel look so glamorous, but by comparison to today's balcony cabins and big cabins and dining rooms, wouldn't today's cruises be far more comfortable? How different was it in 1912 compared to today? Oh, yeah. So that is a very good question. We touched on this slightly a couple of weeks ago, mm. but let's, let's give it a go again. Yeah, just a little bit of a, um, a, little bit of a crossover there. But um, basically, uh, look, I mean, the Titanic film, it was, it was very well put together in terms of the accuracy of how the internal design of the ship looked on camera. Like they had historians that were working with the, um, with the film production team to make sure that the interiors were um, looking very much as if they would have done on the Titanic. So she was, um, you know, for her day, a very elegant ship. The first class accommodations were the the finest of their kind. Um, And even um, following uh, the passengers down into third class, you know, you've got – it's the scene where they go into the into the cabin and there's the the bunk beds there and you've got the the porthole and it's white painted walls so it's quite bright and airy the corridors were all sort of um quite nicely uh, put together and there was electric lighting used throughout the ship so for her time in 1912 she was definitely at the top of her um uh, of her class but yes george has got a good point there because compared to even um you know sort of the the mass market modern day cruise ships there's a lot of things about what happened on the experience on board titanic that would be considered to be uh unacceptable in today's uh standards so for example even in first class um with the exception of the most luxurious suites which on titanic they're called the parlor suites and some of the big bigger um first class suites on the ship the majority of cabins, even in first class, but second class and third class, didn't have private bathrooms. Um, the uh, amenities on board the ships were far fewer than what you have on modern day cruise ships. So you um, now have, obviously, uh, you know, baths when you're traveling. There's uh, all sorts of different rooms on board, different bars and lounges. There's uh, on board. Mm-hmm. Um, cruise staff team who are there to keep you entertained they've got the beautiful big show lounges and um, secondary lounges on titanic it was much more simple than that so you know in first class there was um uh you know the 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 main the main dining room there was the there was a lounge there was a smoking room uh, there was a writing room there was a, a very basic by today's standards but at the time very advanced <laughs> gymnasium mm-hmm. passengers would spend a lot of time promenading um, and then second class was sort of similar to that, but it was just a scaled down version. So the the, the amenities were smaller and, and less luxurious. Uh, and in third class, it was much, much more basic. So they had that sort of common room where they, 
they have that scene where they're playing um, the music and they're doing all the dancing. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of where everyone kind of kind of just mingle, and then a lot of time spent um, also on on deck, you know, on the after decks of the ship. Um, so you didn't really have like the different activities and things that were organized for you on those on those voyages. And then there's things like the food. Um, whilst you know by that stage there was refrigeration, they had much better quality food than they had on the older steamships. Um, you you couldn't really have like that access to food twenty four seven like you've got now. There was very set meal times on board, um, and in obviously in third class, it was all included which hadn't always been the case um on previous ships but in first class they would sort of have these set times and and they would announce um the the meal times and then of course um you'd have to go and spend ages getting yourself prepared for for the meal and to the right dress because there's lots of different dress codes throughout the day Uh, and then of course Mm -hmm. i I don't think we can really talk about titanic's comparisons to today's ships without just touching on the safety aspects and look it wasn't just titanic but all ships of British registry of that time had, um, and in fact, most most passenger ships around the world, they, they had uh, some sort of shortfalls in terms of safety in regards to not enough lifeboats for all people on board. Um, but even now, there's, there's much more sort of um, ability to operate the ship in a safer manner with things like, you know, they've got the, the CCTV so they can keep an eye on what's going on, security teams on board the ships. Um, you've talked to previously about medallions that people can wear to keep keep an eye on where people you know yeah. are moving throughout the vessel and they, they obviously couldn't do that on titanic so they didn't really know where people were um and um uh of course they they have um better watertight doors and uh and radar and that sort of thing on board the ship now to help with that safe navigation so yeah quite quite a few differences i mean if would let's say the olympic which was a titanic's much more um uh, well-traveled uh, sister ship. If you were traveling on her back in 1912, you would have um, been very comfortable for your for your journey um, in comparison to the ships of the day. But if you step back from, I don't know, the Queen Mary II on Atlantic crossing now and went into the Titanic, you'd notice everything was much, <laughs> much very different and much smaller. Um, she's a much smaller ship compared to the big ships of today um, and a lot less space per passenger. So, yeah, it would have been quite a different experience. Excellent answer, as always. Uh, so thanks uh, to the, the listener there for that uh, great question. Yeah, thanks, George. If, uh, if anybody listening does have a question, you can send them through via the website, thebigcruisepodcast.com. In the top right-hand corner, there is a button called Join the Show, and that's where you can type in your question and send it through. And myself, uh, Chris, or Peter will do our best to, to answer those for you. Uh, and in the same way, if you want to do a cruise review, you can do so uh, by clicking on the same button as well. It's cool to see that there's people listening from all over the world as well, Baz. Yeah, Durban. I had no idea there was people listening in South mm-hmm. Africa, but I guess that's the uh, the beauty of uh, the internet. Uh, people can listen from wherever they choose, and uh, we only really see the top performing countries in the podcast charts. But uh, I guess people are listening everywhere, which is great. Cool. Okay, and now into more modern times. Uh, we've got some uh, cruise news from around the world today, but let's start off with the fact that uh, this week was, of course, the eleventh, the eleventh, uh, known amongst other things as Remembrance Day, and Saga had a, 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 a tribute in uh, the UK. Yeah, so they've got their two ships, um, the the Spirit of Discovery and then the the brand new Spirit of Adventure, which hasn't yet entered passenger service, but it's now been delivered to Saga. And the two ships are, um, are together in layup in the UK. Um, and you might have seen throughout the uh, pandemic, quite a few of the ships in the British market have been writing um, 
sort of messages using the lights in their cabin windows that if they yep. can use them to form words. So they've had things like sending celebrations to the NHS and we will be back when the, the whole shutdown started. Well, in this particular occasion, um, in, in sort of acknowledgement of Remembrance um, Day, the Discovery and the Adventure both had Lest We Forget and had managed to work out a way in which to do a poppy next to it, sort of as a bit of a, a yep. visual symbol of their um, acknowledgement of the of those people who have um, have have fought and, and died for for freedom around the world. So, um, and that obviously was quite a visual statement as well because the ships are, uh, are quite well well known in the in the ports that they're laid up in, and so it gives um, people sort of a focal point in which to uh, in which to acknowledge uh, something like Remembrance Day, which was which was really nice to see. Yeah, it is incredible. When when the ships do any of these little displays, it always looks very visually uh, pleasing on on camera. So uh, mm. look out for those because there's lots of uh, instances. Cool certainly, like the yeah south coast of the UK, there's some been some pretty pretty cool messaging put out there. Yeah, um, I think it's clever that just be able to work out how uh, which you know which cabins to light up because you know, the ships are <laughs> they've got all these balconies and and then windows and stuff, but it kind of writes the message down the whole hull of the ship. It it actually. Um, it actually looks really, really fancy. It's um, you know, a bit of uh, a bit of work must go into trying to work out how to make it look legible, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, uh, just a little bit different on the um, dream ships up in Asia. They've actually got LED uh, displays on the front of every balcony, so mm. that they can program it from the bridge and it kind of moves down the ship, which That's is a little clever. bit uh, That's more specky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, let's head briefly over to, to the Bahamas because there have been some announcements uh, which uh, affect people, not just travelling by cruise ship, but if they're wanting to, to go to the Bahamas in any way, shape or form. Um, what's happening? Well, yes, yeah, so they're trying to obviously get things back underway in, in, a, safe, in a safe manner. So in, they've had a few different announcements in recent time. They, they've done some um, changes to their protocols in, uh, earlier in the year and then in November, well, Announced in October, but starting on the first of November, they they introduced a whole suite of um, of sort of protocols that brings them in line, I think, with the with the CDC recommendations. Um, and then starting this week, they've actually added an extra layer onto that. So basically, now if you're going into the Bahamas, it's uh, mandatory for you to have um, a form of COVID nineteen health insurance, um, which is added to the series of changes that came in on the first of November, and that covers um, ensuring that you have proof of a <clears throat> of a, a COVID nineteen test that was taken uh, five days prior to arrival. I think previously it was seven, so they brought okay. that sort of you know that timeline down a little bit. Um, you have to have a um, health travel visa, which is I think something that a lot of countries have been talking about. Perhaps having some sort of COVID passport or some some way to register that people have had. Um, these tests done um, and there's obviously questionnaires that are required in terms of um, how um, how your health is and how you're you're going through that visit so that they can keep an eye on you during the stay because like I think one of the things is um, around the world if you have a test but then you're asymptomatic you might develop, develop something later so they're trying to keep track of you I think of, of what's going on yeah. with you um, and um, masks, of course, um, and social distancing are, are the regulation in public places. So they're, um, 
you know, I think these are sorts of things that you you'll you'll be seeing more and more of. But I think with the addition of the health insurance, that's one of the one of the other things that has been sort of talked about around the world as to how um, countries can help people ensure that if anything does go wrong or if they if they do, then they've, they've got the ability to get the care that they need. Yeah. Uh, back in the early days of uh, the, this COVID situation, I remember some places in Europe were actually providing free mm. um, COVID insurance for you to, to kind of entice you to go to those destinations. Yeah. So whether the destinations are providing it or whether you need to, to source it yourself, it's certainly something that uh, – We'll all need to consider when we, we can travel again. Yeah, there's also some information about it on the Bahamas um, travel, the government's travel website. Um, I think it's travel.gov.bs. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll uh, find the link and I'll pop it in the show notes as sure. well. Um, now, locally uh, here in Australia, we've had two uh, cruise lines push out a further extension, mm. the first one being Carnival. Yeah, so Splendor, which is the larger of the two Carnival ships that operates here, um, she's not going to be starting her... Um, resumption of Australian voyages until at least um, March 2021. And um, Royal Caribbean has actually suspended its Australian season um, through to the end of January. Um, I suspect, Baz, that this might not be the last pushback, but I don't know. We'll see. I think the thing is it all comes down to when the Australian authorities open travel up for, yep. for cruising again. And at the moment unless you know something that I don't, there's there's no real indication as to when that's going to happen. So no surprises there, really. No, no. I, for the first time I've heard there is conversations happening, so let's hope there is a decision one way or another mm. sooner rather than later. Because as we've said before, we you know if they say that uh, the pause is ended, it's we can't just bring the ships back tomorrow. It's going to take a good yeah. 60 to, to 90 days to, to be able to crew the ships and get them back into position. And then obviously a bit of time to be able to, to sell them. So uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that decision as and when it happens. Yeah. Australia is doing really well COVID-wise at the moment. I think um, there's obviously that um, that uh, push between uh, opening things up and making sure it stays safe. But So I imagine if it does yeah. open up, it will be um, probably Australian cruising only, like, like a bit like what some of the other countries um, uh, that, yeah. that are successfully we'll doing Europe, it, like yeah. Taiwan and uh, – and that they they're having it as for local citizens only. Um, and the other thing um, to note is, as we record this, this is the last day of the West Australian border being closed. Um, so of course, I think yeah, this, this weekend the, the border opens back up again. Uh, that will be for for domestic uh, flight travel. Yeah, so for those uh, Australians on the East Coast, uh, you can now come and see us in the West. But uh, I think from memory, Victoria and um, New South Wales still have to do some form of quarantine, but the the rest of Mm. Australia is uh, welcomed with open arms. Um, Now, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings, which is the parent company for NCL, Oceania and Regent, made an announcement this week about their potential restart. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that was in that um, uh, the CDC guidance, the big big document we were talking about in previous um, podcasts is um, that in order to sort of show that they can meet these recommendations, the cruise lines have to do um, or have been asked to do uh, sort of trial voyages. And some of them are actually asking for volunteers um, to to come on these, these trial voyages to sort of show that the the systems in that work. Um, And so um, NCL is planning to conduct its trial US cruises in January um, now, of course, the CDC's recommendations now are in place, and I think to your point before, people 
may have thought that that would mean cruising would be back now, but it's going to take a long time for them to crew the ships to get them repositioned and then prepared, obviously, for all of these changes. Um, so the the clear cruise lines, which represents most of the cruise lines around the world, um, they all agreed that they wouldn't um, rush it. They would they would leave it leave the actual kickstart until early 2021 at the at the earliest so um that sort of is in line with what we've discussed in previous podcasts yeah as uh, frank del rio said who's the head of nclh it's not a race uh, we've got to mm. get this right yes, so did, uh, yeah. let's, let's do it currently <laughs> yeah no well that's that's good you know because um i think i mean some people argue that they have one 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 chance to get it right of you know yeah. restarting this thing so i think it's good to see that everybody is um is, is taking it seriously which is good Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, some sad news for a ship that was very much well-loved here in Mm. uh, Western Australia and also in Germany. What's happened to the Astor? So, um, Astor's been a really wonderful, popular ship for a long time. She um, was part of the CMV fleet, um, which was primarily a UK-based cruise line, but they did find a lovely little niche for Asta because she had um, she had a history of sailing in, in Germany. So, you know, in, interior-wise, a lot of the signage and stuff was in German. And um, so she used to spend some time in Germany, even under CMV, and then would sail across to Australia. And she'd be based in Fremantle, but also do cruises up and down the West Australian coast and across to um, to Adelaide sometimes and spend a little, little bit of time on the East Coast as well. But CMV collapsed earlier... Um, this year with due to the uh, covid situation and it's it's thrown all of their ships into into disarray and and so sad to see that asta um has has been auctioned off and has been sold to scrap and so she's on her way to turkey um and she's uh going to meet i suppose her fate there amongst all the other big cruise ships that are being um scrapped and and uh Asta's much smaller ship. She was built in 1987. And interestingly enough, um, Baz, she was actually the second ship of that design, um, an updated version oh, of right. another ship that was also called Asta. Um, and the, the first Asta went off, went on to sail for, for Saga. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know she, that. Uh, yeah. So she was a, a Saga cruise a cruise ship um, uh, for, for a period and, um, and now actually remains um, laid up. Uh, with it with a different owner um, but she was built in 1981 so the older sisters surviving and, and due to the circumstances the 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 younger asters off to the scrapyard now um, also um, talking about ships that people are very fond of uh, you may have heard um, that the Karnica is also reportedly heading off to scrap and uh, Karnica was the Pacific jewel um, course, which yeah. was which was sold um, by P and O Australia to a new cruise brand in India, Jalesh Cruises, and uh, uh, reports are suggesting that um, due to uh, you know Jalesh being uh, unable to 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 pay, um, I think it pays debts or something like that, the the ship has been um, sold and will go to Alang, which is a big scrapyard in India. Um, where where she will meet her end of her days. Now she's the former crown princess, one of two um, almost identical designs ships. Uh, there was crown and the regal princess, which went on to sail. You know, other people remember them as um, Pacific Jewel and Pacific Dawn, um, and they were both designed uh, by Sitmar Cruises, 
um, and then actually never sailed for them and went straight into service with Princess after P&O, the parent company, purchased Sipma. And they were both designed by a, a, an architect called Renzo Piano. And if you look at the two ships in their design, they were designed to resemble the bottlenose dolphin. So they have this big sort of domed top above the bridge and then the bow kind of yeah, staggers yeah. down in sort of a, a uniquely sort of pointed fashion. And um, that was the design inspiration behind those two ships. So, and I sailed on Pacific Jewel. She was absolutely um, lovely. It was on her last voyage. She has a real um, character and an ambience on board that, that and a personality. So I was really sad to hear that she's also, um, it sounds like she's going to be uh, going to be no more in a few months' time. Yeah, let's hope uh, the uh, the recycling of ships starts to slow down. We've seen some beautiful mm. ships uh, find their way to uh, a now famous beach in Turkey, uh, famous for for the wrong reasons in the cruise industry, of course. Yes. Uh, now, in more positive news, there's been a big announcement from Celebrity this week, and uh, Celebrity is always included from now on. Yeah, so um, that's sort of the various different cruise lines take different approaches with what's include, included in the fare. And so Celebrities um, now, you know, it's a luxury brand, big ship luxury brand though. So mostly the all-inclusive fares come with the smaller ship luxury brands, but um, they're going to offer um, complimentary uh, Wi-Fi, uh, complimentary drinks, and will roll the gratuities into the cost of the fares. So that's a bit of a change for, for Celebrity, and it will set them apart amongst their um, big ship luxury brand rivals, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they've always been known as the, the home of modern luxury, um, mm. very very nice interiors. Mm. Um, but yeah, to, to, to take it to this next level and have your beverages, your Wi-Fi, uh, and gratuities. Now, gratuities were always included here in Australia, but elsewhere in the world they weren't. So it's it's just uh, standardizing everything uh, across the fleet. And if people want to go that one step further, they can elevate their package to unlimited drink, unlimited premium drinks and sure excursions up to $200 per person. And uh, Indulge also gives them streaming Wi-Fi, which is uh, the, the best Wi-Fi you can get, plus up to $400 on board credit. Now, these uh, new fares don't go on sale until the 18th of November, so mid-next week. Uh, you'll be able to find those at your, your local travel agent. Now, we've seen heaps of world cruises cancelled, of course, this year and mm. uh, postponed for, for next year, but MSC has come out with the 2023 world cruise. That's right, yes. Um, so 113-night um, world cruise, 2023. So, yeah, looking far ahead. And I've actually seen some of the, um, some of the cruise lines now sort of um, – pitching and not necessarily msc but they're sort of pitching these 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 voyages that are set two three years into the future as um you know the ability to have something to look forward to which i think so many people are missing you know like always having that holiday yeah. on the horizon is something that can get you through your um you know work working week and that sort of thing so um and so so msc uh, posia will be doing these um these voyages and look at looking at the itinerary 130 nights um 113 nights i should say um and some of the highlights that i that i saw places that i think are, are wonderful places to visit is a transit of the panama canal which is just mm -hmm. I, I don't know if you've done it baz but it's no i haven't um, no Love to. yeah I, I, years ago on the qe2 i was very fortunate enough to to go through the canal in fact we were in the canal with the uh, the regal princess uh, before she became oh, wow. pacific dawn but um just a remarkable day-long day experience going through the locks there and then um, and sailing uh, along the lake, which is just remarkable. Um, they're also calling in at Hawaii, which is a very interesting port, and you have an opportunity there to – from Honolulu, you can go on day trips out to see um, the the memorials at Pearl Harbor. 
Um, stops at Fiji. They're also pulling into Sydney, which, of course, from an Australian perspective, is that iconic port with the mm-hmm. uh, Harbour Bridge and the Opera House there. And and cruising um, uh, across to to let people visit the Great Barrier Reef. So some some great locations there, and some interesting things for people to see if they're interested in experiencing a, a segment on the MSC World Cruise. Yeah, no, fabulous. And a, a whole array of different uh, cruise news in there for this week. Mm. Now, um, of course, uh, over the weekend, you're probably going to be putting out a new video on your, your YouTube channel. Yeah. So uh, what we're talking about this week? Uh, back to the topic of the ships that are just heading off to scrap now. So we've got, um, obviously, with Asta um, and um, and the former Pacific Jewel ending, uh, sounding like they're ending their days, I, I wanted to do a bit of an update on the other sh- some of the other ships that are that are also um, either being scrapped or some of them have been saved. So, looking at what might be happening with the uh, Marco Polo, which is a very, um, a very iconic older ship built in ni- yeah. the nineteen sixties. Uh, she was also a CMV ship. Um, taking a look at um, the news that uh, uh, maybe the Astoria, which was the old Stockholm, may or may not um, make her way to the Breakers Yard. She's the oldest cruise ship in the world. Actually, entered service as Stockholm in nineteen forty eight. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, but also, um, yeah, and she was a ship involved in the collision with the Andrea Doria, interestingly enough, and then was rebuilt yeah. as a cruise ship um, years later. Um, and then we're also looking at uh, uh, some of the ships from CMV that have have had a you know a life extension. So the Columbus, which was the former Pacific Pearl, and some of yep. the um, international listeners might remember her as Arcadia or a Star Princess. She's been she's been saved. Um, and so has um, uh, her sister ship Magellan, which was uh, the Carnival Holiday. So we'll have a look at where they're going and, and what's the future hold for them. Yeah, we still haven't heard anything from Greece about sea jets and what they're going to do with their four or five ships that Growing they're fleet. They've got a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a former <laughs> Oceanus there. They've got two of the um, old Holland America ships and, and now some of the CMV fleet giving away the video but you know you can watch the video anyway for the nice pictures um but yeah uh, yeah but uh yeah you know like it's um it's interesting to see that this what was a it was a a ferry company up until the covid crisis and now it's got a a bigger cruise you know more cruise ships than some of these existing established brands so who knows but no no talk and no rumors They're, they're doing a very good job of keeping everything very much under wraps yeah well Presumably, they're going to do something with them. But, <laughs> you know, there's also some interesting things being done with cruise ships now, though. Like, I mean, Pacific Dawn, for example, has been sold, as we've spoken about before. Um, so she's left the P&O Australia fleet, and she's actually now heading to be a, uh, a floating um, work and live-in community off the coast of um, off the coast of Panama, which is very different. Um, yeah, that was, was that the Bitcoin? Yeah, um, yeah, very. Entrepreneur, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. very. Um, um, different use for the ship like that and you can commute on a ferry and it's a half an hour ferry ride and then you can go and work on or stay on the ship and they're selling off cabins as apartments um so yeah i mean i would never have picked that as the ending or as the yeah. next stage in in the pacific dawn's um career you know 12 months ago she was scheduled to go and sell for cmv for the foreseeable future so um lots of changes in in the cruising world 2020 has been an incredible year for lots of different reasons, and mm. uh, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about it for many, many years to come. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Chris, always a pleasure, mate. Um, always enjoy this part of the show every single week, and uh, look forward to chatting with you again next week. Thanks so much, Baz.
Did I mention there's a little way you can help keep this uh, podcast on air? That's right, just for the cost of a coffee, uh, so about four Aussie dollars, about two pounds something, about two euros something, um, you can make a donation and that helps uh, keep the lights on and keep the, the podcast uh, producing in, the, in this weekly format. Um, or you can join up as a member and make a, a monthly uh, subscription and in return receive some incredible um, bonus material as well. Um, all the details are on the show notes of each individual podcast or you can head to uh, the website buymeacoffee forward slash the big cruise pod. And uh, we look forward to uh, shouting you out if you are able to, uh, to make a little donation. Thanks in advance. And next up on today's podcast, we've got a gentleman that's uh, taken on an incredible challenge, some that most would uh, not want to do in the middle of a, a pandemic. Uh, we're going to welcome Jeremy McKenna, who's the Director of Sales and Marketing at Tradewind Voyages into the studio now. Hey, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hi, Barry. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, no, my pleasure. It's uh, always great to, well, the whole podcast is around cruise, but it's always great to talk about different ships. And you've got a, a very, very unique product to uh, to tell us about today. But before we get into the brand and the, the, the ship and the various parts of the product, uh, what about you? You've been in the, the travel industry for, for a while. Uh, what's your yeah. cruise background? Yeah, so um, I've been a number of years and um, I've worked for um, uh, the Carnival Brands. Uh, I was uh, head of sales for P&O. Uh, I've been head of sales for Cunard uh, and also worked for Norwegian Cruise Lines, uh, again, in sales and marketing. Oh, brilliant. So what kind of led you down the path to, to discover um, this new brand uh, that we know today as Tradewind? Well, 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 ac- well, actually, it was exactly a, a year ago, uh, I had a phone call from someone that said to me, Jeremy, I can't tell you what this is about, but um, how do you fancy <laughs> setting up a brand new cruise line? Would you be interested? Um, and of course, you, you know, you don't get those calls every day of the week. Yeah. Um, and so I said, yeah, tell me more about it. So um, I ended up uh, flying out to um, uh, to Croatia and seeing um, our ship Golden Horizon, uh, which is the largest tour ship in the world, and absolutely fell in love with her, and um, and decided I, I, I want to be part of this, and was very fortunate to be offered the uh, the role as uh, director of sales and marketing. Brilliant. And then we find ourselves in this incredible mess of COVID, but uh, it sounds like things are going from strength to strength for you. And uh, you recently went on sale and uh, things are going well. Well, yeah, it, it's going incredibly well. But, um, you know, I reflect back, we, we actually set up as a team only on March the 2nd of this year um, in, oh, wow. in the UK, in the east of England, in a, in a tiny office. Um, and we, we, had, we had to use our own mobile phones, our own laptops, and we didn't have Wi-Fi. I had to take, borrow, borrow <laughs> the Wi-Fi from the library next door. Um, and and we, we created this, this, this wonderful, wonderful brand. But within two weeks, we were locked down and we had to work from home for the next, uh, pretty much the next six months. But it, that's really helped us actually in a bizarre sort of way because we've learned how to do things on Zoom and Skype. So I don't have to drive around the country and fly all over the world. So that's been great Brilliant. news. So, um, yeah, it's been quite an exciting journey. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, where'd, who had the idea or where did the idea of this, uh, this new cruise line come from? Well, it's um, it, the, the ship um, was built um, in in Split in Croatia. Um, as I said, it's the largest uh, square river in the world, and you know she's very very much you know, a, a sailing ship. And when when we first saw her back earlier on this year, the one thing that we decided really clearly that she is a sailing ship, and hey, why not? 
let's sail her properly. And the one thing that um, we did quite a bit of research that guests on these big sailing ships want to see, they want to see the ship under sail. They want to see um, them perform as a sailing ship. And so we decided yeah. actually we would be different and we would design everything around um, a a global sailing experience and that's exactly what we've done we've um we've poured over you know centuries old maritime charts looking at where the currents take us where the wind takes us where the sun takes us and you know and, and, and our strap line um you know, one of our strap lines is powered by nature and and uh, because of the wind um and the ocean's journey decides where we go and that is as simple as that we, we go where the where where the nature takes us as simple as that Brilliant. And didn't I read somewhere that you, your goal is to try and sail for 70% of your sailing time using natural resources? Absolutely. I mean, we see ourselves as a sustainable brand, um, uh, uh, which is why we wanted to do the, the sailing the sailing as much as, as, as we can. But, you know, we, we've plotted it. We've done a, a huge amount of research, you'd imagine. And we know that for 70% of the season, we, we, we will be under sail. And, and this is what people love, you know, when, you were, when you're on a, a big sailing ship like this and, um, you know, you, you, you put the sails up, you know, you hear all the wind rattling the sails as, as, as the wind captures. And all of a sudden, it clicks into place. It goes silent and the ship mm-hmm. lifts out of the water. And it, it, feels, it feels almost like flying once, once you, when you get a good strong wind behind you. And it's, you know, some of our voyages will really, really be fantastic sailing experiences for people. but. We're going to do it in luxury. Excellent. So obviously the, the sails make it a, a unique experience, but what else is kind of golden horizon from the port? You're touching on the luxury there. What's What will we find on board the ship? Well, the one thing that we, we, we decided to do from day one, actually, was to um, give all of the inside cabins over to crew so we can inc- increase the number of crew on board so we can actually enhance oh. the attention and the luxury um uh, 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 of our of our guests so so every single cabin has an outside uh, view as an example we've got four suites we've got 34 balcony cabins um so so that's you know that that that's really key the other thing is that you know she is um a a replica of France too, built in 1913, a bigger mm-hmm. version of her. So she is an historic ship. Uh, we've retained all the charm, the elegance in her, but she's got all the modern twists that you'd you would that you'd have come to see. You know, so we've got you know we've got we've got a spa, we've got a gym, we've got an amazing um, two tier <clears throat> um, dining room. You know, we've got dining on deck. Um, you know, we've got a marina at the back where, you know, we'll be buying, we're buying Pico sailboats and, and kayaks and paddleboarding and people can snorkel off the back of the ship. You know, so, 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 we, so we are very unique. So add that to our philosophy of sailing 70% of the time using the wind and the currents. You know, we're, we see ourselves as a very, very relevant biz, uh, uh, cruise line, you know, particularly in this current world where people are yeah. wanting, you know, to go to remote locations, they don't want thousands of people pouring out the ship. We, we, we'll hold 270 passengers. So we've got a remote location. We've got wide open decks, um, you know, and, and low numbers of, of passengers on board and high numbers of, of staff. Incredible. So uh, where is Golden Horizon going to take us to? What destinations are we getting off to? Well, um, well, the, um, she arrives in, in the UK, in Portsmouth, on the 28th of April next, next year. Um, and very soon after that, on the 1st of May, we start the first of our 
ex-UK voyages. So I've got um, nine voyages from the UK, um, seven out of Harwich, which is on the east coast of England, and two mm-hmm. out of Greenock, Glasgow, and Scotland. Um, mm-hmm. And the sort of voyages we're doing, we're doing a, a circumnavigation of the British Isles, which will be amazing. Um, we've got a circumnavigation of Iceland, and I, I, I don't know when the last time oh. a tall ship actually uh, <laughs> of this size actually circumnavigated Iceland. We're going to St. Petersburg um, to do the Baltic capitals. We're going up to Svalbard in the Arctic Circle. And we've got a wonderful voyage along the south coast of, of England uh, to tie in with Cow's Week, which is a, a, a glo- global event. And after that, Barry, then we really get the ship to open up um, and we, we head east. Um, so we go all the way through the Mediterranean. We go through the Suez Canal. Uh, we head through the Red Sea, down the coast of India, all the way down to, to Goa, then through the uh, Indonesian and the Thai Islands to Bali. And then this is one that I'm really, really excited about, is we then circumnavigate the whole of Australia. We've got five voyages all the way around Australia, um, you know, which is it, it caught really caught the imagination. And then after that, we do um, with Southern Indian Ocean sailing. So we sail from Bali through Christmas Island, right over to Mauritius. We touch into the north of Madagascar. We go to Dar es Salaam in Tanzania. Then we head east where the wind takes us back. We, we, we've got six days in the Seychelles. Uh, then we head to the Maldives and back to India on our way down to, um, uh, back down to Singapore. And that's our first year. That, that's, uh, we're visiting something like 226 different ports over wow, 50,000 nautical <laughs> miles. 50,000 nautical wow. miles, most of it under sail. So it'll be a, a unique adventure. Incredible. Now, for the for the list, we do have listeners all over the world, but for those people that are down here in Australia or want to, to come down to Australia, I'm right in thinking that it's um, Bali, Dempasar through to Cairns, Cairns that's through right. to Sydney, which will be Christmas, New Year. Um, yes, that's Sydney right. through to Adelaide, Adelaide to Fremantle here in the West Coast, and then Fremantle back up into uh, to Bali. So incredible journeys of different lengths and of course you can do the the whole thing or just a, a sector of which uh, i think will be incredibly popular but if you could do any one of the voyages that you've got on offer which one would you choose and why well i think um well, they're all lovely i've got we've got 30 of them and i was expecting to say they're all <laughs> lovely but um do you, do you know for me um christmas on the great barrier reef yeah. um you know this this is one that's really caught the imagination actually and, and it's actually our number one seller actually the festivities we've got we've, we've got three uh three nights and uh, three days in the whitsunday islands right over christmas that for me would be my, my my voyage and then we head down to the gold coast for uh new year fireworks before we then head into sydney so that that for me is probably my favorite one at the moment brilliant have you ever sailed through the heads into sydney harbour I haven't. I haven't. Oh, um, um, it's incredible. And, and maybe, maybe I can convince my wife that this is a voyage we should be going to. But um, definitely, I, I, I've seen, I've seen it, seen it many times. But yeah, if you, if you do happen to be on that voyage, make sure you get up early for the the sail, and as you come through the heads and just see the bridge and the opera house and all of Sydney kind of open up in front of you. It's a, one of my favourite places to cruise into. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I've no doubt. And uh, that's probably why, actually, it's our number one sailing. And we've only been on we've yeah. been on sail ten days now, and it's it's by far the number one sailing. <laughs> now we mentioned at the start of the show you've been in the the cruise industry for quite some time. Um, outside of trade winds, it doesn't have to be somewhere that you're going to. But have you got a favourite port in the world that you you just love going back to? 
Yeah, I, I, you know, you, you, you asked, you told me you were going to ask me this question. I thought long and hard about it. And um, do you know what? It's, I'm going to be really boring, actually. I'm going to say Southampton. And, okay. and the, reason, the reason is, is because um, when I was, I think, 15, uh, my mum took me on my first ever cruise. Um, and um, I went out of Southampton, and we did it the next year and the year after. And and I guess guess that buzz and that feeling of of excitement of when yep. you saw all the people getting so excited about going on the ship. So for me, it's probably Southampton because it evokes so many memories for me yep. for the right positive okay. reasons. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now you you mentioned we're, we're coming, they're bringing the ship from the UK. We're coming down to Australia. We're finishing up in the Indian Ocean. Um, what's the, the the future plans for for trade winds beyond that? Is there anything that you can share with us? Well, I I, I can. So so for trade wind voyages, so Golden Horizon is the first of um, a planned four ships by twenty twenty seven. Um, so we are going to be a you know resizable. Um, uh, uh, cruise line over the coming years but immediately for Golden Horizon after her inaugural first year season we're currently looking at our next set of deployment and actually, I'm just hugely excited about this because sitting down every week looking at the maritime charts deciding where to go is just hugely you know, <laughs> it, 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 exciting so so where, we, where we're planning to go and again this is very much early days in the plan is that um, from May 2022, um, the weather the weather takes us north uh, up to uh, the Philippines, um, then up to Japan as well. So oh, in the inland nice. sea in Japan, then across the uh, the Aleutian Islands towards Alaska, um, and, the, and you know our plans are to sell all the way all the way down the Americas, um, you know, all the way through Alaska, all through North America, Central America, right the way down to uh, Valparaiso in South America, and then. Fortunately, the winds then take us, blow us beautifully across the, um, the South Pacific Islands, right the way headed to New Zealand. And um, hey, guess what? Um, <laughs> I would love to do Christmas or New Year in, in New Zealand and maybe a circumnavigation. And hopefully that sort of gives you a sense of the ambition, Barry, that we've yeah. got in Trade Voyages. And just out of interest, I don't know if you can share this, but is the plan for all four ships to be tall ships or will, it, will that be decided over time? It'll be decided over time. Um, we're currently in design on our second ship, and that is definitely a tall ship, um, mm-hmm. and one that will be slightly larger, uh, slightly, slightly longer, and slight, slightly broader on the beam. Um, but we're currently in design. That will be the tall ship. What the third and fourth will be, I don't know. I hope tall ships. Yep. I love them. But yep, we'll wait and see. <laughs> now, a few, uh, few fast-fire questions, just a couple here. Um, okay. Do you prefer sunrise or sunset? Oh, wow. Um, oh, sunrise. Sunrise, definitely. Mediterranean or Northern Europe? Uh, Mediterranean. Mm, Port day or sea day? Uh, Sea day, I would say. Definitely sea day. And if you were to go ashore, do you like to do your your own thing and just wander and get lost, or do you prefer an organized shore tour? Oh, definitely do my own thing. 100%, every time. Do my own thing. Wander around, get lost, love it. Brilliant. Now, if, if times were different and we weren't in this whole COVID situation and you could go anywhere in the world on a cruise tomorrow, where would it be? Oh, wow. Great question. Well, look out the window here in the very wet, miserable UK. So I would say anywhere where the sun's shining and it's warm. Oh, it's beautifully warm down here in Perth, Western Australia today. So, uh, <laughs> But you, you can't come here, I'm afraid. The, the, the borders are closed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Incredible. Um, <clears throat> now, before we let you go, um, obviously you're on sale in various places around the world. Um, the podcast is predominantly listened to here in Australia, but we do have listeners pretty much everywhere. Um, if they want to find out more about this beautiful ship and the voyages and, and where you're going to be going to, well, how can they find out? Well, I think um, go to our website, um, www.tradingvoyages.com uh, and contact us Contact us through that way. Um, if you are in Australia, um, we have um, a, a, an agreement with uh, Cruise Traveller um, uh, as our, dist- as our uh, approved distributor in the Australian domestic market. So, a- again, visit their website, please. Uh, cruise Traveller, excuse me, cruisetraveller.com.au. Fabulous. And I'll be sure to put those links to, to both of those in the show notes so that everybody can find you. Jeremy, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Um, really enjoyed our chat. Good luck with the the, the rest of your, your selling season. And uh, I personally can't wait to see the ship uh, cruising around Australia and uh, hope to bump into her when she's here in Fremantle. Barry, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.